Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and I'm here to recap a draft night that many Knicks fans would say did not go very well for the team. They did not use their 11th pick. Instead, they turned that pick into three future first-round picks with various levels of protection on them. We'll get into that. We'll get into the Knicks' second-round pick, which was Duke's Trevor Keels, and so much more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day we are now available on all platforms, including, and you know this if you're already watching, if you're not, we're available on YouTube, so be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster who has been hosting this podcast for, geez, right around three, four years now. It's been it's been a while. Uh, you'll notice that I'm not joined by my co-host, Alex Wolf, and that is because he is at a wedding, um, but he will be joining me in the morning to talk uh, everything about this draft, and because of that, and since it's right around 1230 East Coast time right now, I'm going to keep... My thoughts relatively brief, um, as brief as I can, and then we'll get into more uh, by the time you're listening to this in a couple of hours uh, with Alex. But I want to give you guys something to chew on for first thing in the morning. So a a, a tough night uh, for the New York Knicks. I, I think no other way to say it. There, there are certainly um, senses in which you can spin this in an optimistic way. And I think it's worth noting that the last two NBA drafts uh, that the Knicks were a part of, uh, I walked away and Alex walked away being somewhere between confused and angry and annoyed. And both of them turned out pretty well. I wasn't happy with the Obi Toppin pick by the end of last season. It looked like it might've been a pretty solid one. I was, I was mystified by the Emmanuel quickly pick that turned out to be a stroke of genius. Uh, last year I was weirded out when the Knicks uh, traded that uh, their first round pick to Charlotte. Obviously that turned into Cam Reddish. So it was sort of an incomplete there. And then I was weirded out when they traded back, from their second first round pick, uh, managed to turn that into Quentin Grimes, uh, plus uh, a, some maneuvering in the second round, got them Deuce McBride and Rokas Jakobitis. So all in all, I was pretty happy with those moves. This year feels a little bit different and a little bit more sour, though. The 11th pick, obviously, a, a pretty substantial asset. Uh, you can you can look at that draft range and say the average return is, is typically like a pretty good bench player, maybe a, a very low end starter down the road. Or you could you could do it a little differently and look at the 11th pick specifically and, and see some of the guys who have gone there in the last decade. Your Shea Gilgis, Alexander's, your Miles Turner's. Um, your your Doug McDermott's, uh, their Clay Thompson's. If you want to go back a little bit deeper and say, hey, this is a spot in the draft where you can clearly get a star, um, but the Knicks clearly didn't see it that way. So just to to recap how we got to this point, uh, where the Knicks decided it wasn't worth making a pick at eleven. Obviously, none of the top three guys were going to fall out of the top three. That did not play out. The Sacramento Kings did not. In fact, select Jaden Hardy, despite a poor fit. They went for Keegan Murray, someone who makes a lot more sense with their current infrastructure, if 
at the cost of sacrificing quite a bit of upside. And that's where things got interesting because the Detroit Pistons took Jaden Ivey. There were rampant reports throughout the night that the New York Knicks were aggressively trying to pursue a trade with the Pistons to get up and take Ivey. And for a second there, it looked like it might just happen when the Knicks um, were in the midst of pulling off this convoluted, convoluted, excuse me, sequence of transactions that eventually netted them Jalen Duran, and seemingly that was a target for the Pistons, and it turned out he was very much a target for the Pistons as they ended up with him. Um, and I thought for a moment the Knicks were going to be able to trade Jalen Duran, and, and all three of these picks they got from Oklahoma City, maybe one or two other young pieces, and, and get their guy in Jaden Ivey. And, and there's there's that moment of, of pure exhilaration, but it didn't it didn't turn out that way. Um, so to, to wrap up the top ten. Uh, the other guys I think the Knicks were were quite interested in, based on reporting, uh, not by me, but but others who are who are significantly more plugged in. Shaden Sharp was a guy that the Knicks very much wanted, and he was gone at seven because the Portland Trailblazers did their work early. They got Jeremy Grant, who was the veteran I think they needed to acquire to get Damian Lillard's. I, I don't I don't know what the right word is. Damian Lillard's approval. Damian Lillard's. Uh, positivity going into next season. They needed someone who could contribute right away. And, and Jeremy Grant, frankly, outside of maybe the top couple of picks in this NBA draft, he, he was going to contribute far more than anyone the Pacers could have gotten at seven. So they did their work early. They got their guy in in Jeremy Grant. And in turn, that freed them up to take a swing on someone like Shaden Sharp. I don't think Shaden Sharp would have necessarily made it to the Knicks anyways, but maybe in another world where Portland – I'm not even going to say that. Uh, I, I think that was sort of a moot point. I don't think he was ever getting there. The The only alternative is the Knicks maybe could have persuaded them with an offer of Julius Randle and 11 to move up to seven and get their guy in shade and sharp. I don't know if the Knicks are willing to do that. I, I, I don't think they're, they value. I think they maybe value Randle a little bit too high for that at this point, which you can, you can quibble with. I, I certainly would. Um, but the point is once Portland had Grant, there was zero need to go get Randle. And, and maybe they wanted Grant's reliability over Randall's volatility if those two deals were in fact on the table, but there's no way for us to know that. And then the other twist of the knife was Johnny Davis because there, there have been reports all week that the Knicks were, were very much into Johnny Davis. They didn't bring him in for a workout, maybe as, as a little bit of a smokescreen to not telegraph that interest, but the but reports leaked out at the time. David O really liked him in the Knicks front office, really liked him. And personally, I might be wrong about this, but I am of the belief if Johnny Davis was on the board at 11, uh, he would he would be a New York Knicks. And this really hurts because the Knicks, as you all might remember, lost that game or, or rather won that game against the Wizards. Um, second to last game of the season, blew them out. Obi Top and Emmanuel quickly, both incredible. The Wizards didn't play anyone. The Knicks lose that game. Those two teams have the same record. You go to a tiebreaker. Maybe the Knicks get that pick or the Knicks just sit everyone the last two games against the Wizards and the Raptors. Maybe you lose both of them and then you definitely get that pick and you potentially get your guy in Johnny Davis, who people we've talked to on this podcast uh, considered a top five prospect. You can take that with a grain of salt. I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't see him as someone who has the requisite athleticism to be great in the NBA. I have no idea who Johnny Davis is going to be. That, that's the point with all this. It's, it's a total and complete crapshoot. So what do the New York Knicks ultimately end up doing instead? Uh, it gets kind of crazy. So I'm just, I'm just going to read it out because I, I, I don't have the capacity to remember it at this point. The Knicks trade the 11th pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City, in turn, trades three first-round picks to the New York Knicks. A, a 2023 Denver Nuggets pick, um, a Detroit Pistons pick in 2023 that is protected 1 through 18 through 2024. 
projected one through 13 in 2025 and projected one through 11 in 2026, one through nine in 2027. And a Wizards pick that is projected one through 14 next year, one through 12 in 2024, one through 10 in 2025, and one through eight in 2026. The Knicks, in turn, take the 13th pick that they acquired. I, I skipped a step here. The, the Knicks trade that 2023 Denver pick and four second rounders to Charlotte for the 13th pick in this year's draft. Then they take that 13th pick in Kemba Walker and ship it to Detroit for Milwaukee's 25th, or not Milwaukee's 25th, Milwaukee's 2025 first round pick. And then in total, the Knicks trade 11 Kemba and four seconds and get three future firsts with varying degrees of protections on them. That Milwaukee pick, if I forgot to mention, it is projected one through four in 2025. So what to make of all this? I'm going to need to take a break, and I'll tell you that in just a second because I got to let you know about our newest sponsor here at Locked On that has the coolest start to any ad read I've ever seen, Boom Shakalaka. We have big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1UP, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they made it bigger than ever with a wait-for-it Shack edition. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners you can once again play hoops with the NBA legends in this arcade classic. Jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire in one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade, the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. And check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at Arcade1Up.com. Says Locked On. That's Arcade. The number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win an NBA Jam edition Shaq console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? All right, guys, with that, we are back on the Locked On Knicks podcast. Uh, if if you missed it, and I, I, I hate it if you skipped this part, we just, just finished recapping the convoluted sequence of, of mechanics, I should say machinations, that got the Knicks uh, three future first round picks. I don't, I don't totally know what to make of this. Obviously on, on a surface level, I think the natural reaction is to be pretty upset, right? Because you, it, it's human nature where you invest all this time in these guys. You, you fall in love with various prospects. You, you look at the the range of one through 11. You, you say, you know what? There's going to be someone good on the board. And out of the guys we talked about, there were two fantastic options uh, just on paper for the New York Knicks. Um, I, I've become convinced by some of the people we've had on this podcast, some of the people I've talked to, just watching tape on the guy. Jalen Duran, I think, is going to be a fantastic NBA center. The fact that the Knicks weren't interested in him and and the fact that I, – I'll, I'll call this a fact. I think the Knicks have a fantastic scouting department and and, and know who and what Jalen Duran is going to be in the NBA. I think that tells you that Mitchell Robinson is coming back. And now I would – I would have said if I could have gotten Jalen Duran. And keep in mind, the Knicks could have made the deal with the Thunder, right? That got them the three first round picks and then made the deal with Charlotte, trading the four seconds and the Denver first and stopped right there and taken Jalen Duran at 13 and still had two, for, two future first round picks to play with. 
only moving back two spots. So if the Knicks had just stopped in the middle of of this series of trades, I would have been honestly pretty thrilled with that night. And I would have said, wow, this front office really knows what they're doing. They're really looking good. And I guess the premise for the New York Knicks was, again, they're set on the idea of bringing back Mitchell Robinson and they want Jericho or or they see Jericho Sims as a long-term backup center. I don't have any issue with the Jericho Sims aspect of it. Um, in, in general, I don't mind them bringing Mitchell Robinson back, but I think it's strange in the sense that they could have just let Mitch walk, saved a boatload of money on a guy who has some very real strengths, but seemingly is always going to have some very significant weaknesses and bring in someone with Jalen Duran, who frankly, I think worst case scenario is by and large what Mitchell Robinson is now, but has a ceiling to be quite a bit more than that, that, that that's where I would have gone with the night. If they also could have stayed at 13 and landed AJ Griffin. Now, the thing we don't know from the outside looking in is, is what do AJ Griffin's medicals really look like? And clearly they were pretty worrisome because a guy who was widely considered to be a top five talent didn't go until pick 16. And I, I flash back to the Michael Porter Jr. draft where I was, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I didn't have this platform yet, but, but in, in, in my house to my family, I was screaming at the top of my lungs for the Knicks to take Michael Porter Jr., for a couple of years that it looked like I was right on the money. And, and then the guy misses an entire season. Now, I don't think anyone is putting AJ Griffin's medicals in the same category as Michael Porter Jr.'s. And it sounded like Michael Porter Jr.'s were uniquely bad. I also think most people wouldn't consider AJ Griffin the same level of talent that Michael Porter Jr. was. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it all cancels out in the wash, but I, I would have been pretty thrilled if the Knicks took the chance on AJ Griffin, who was one of the best 18 year old shooters in, in the history of college basketball. I feel like that's a pretty good met to make at 13, but what do I know? Um, so what does this leave the Knicks with at this point? Uh, I like the term that our friend over in Knicks Film School, Jonathan Macri, used. They, they have ammo. They have ammo to go get a deal done. They have the extra Dallas pick. They have three extra first-round picks on top of that. They have obviously simple math, four extra first-round picks. The question is, who are they going to go get? Because these, these picks are not ones that will help the Knicks in the immediate future, when you when you look at the protections on them, right? That Milwaukee pick is already 2025. The Detroit pick, they're a, a, as good as the Pistons draft was tonight, and they, they won the draft getting Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. Um, they're not they're not getting that pick next year. It's one through 18 protected. Detroit, I, I don't see them being a playoff team next year. And even if by some miracle Detroit improves a lot the season after, it's still borderline that they get that pick. So you're looking more like 2025 for that pick. And then for the Wizards pick, again, I don't see a world where the Wizards make the playoffs next year. I think it's far more likely they trade Bradley Beal and, and try and tank their way for a shot at, at Victor Webanyama or Scoot Henderson or, or one of the Thompson brothers. I, I don't think either of those picks are conveying in the near future. So, again, you're looking at it as ammo. What can the Knicks trade those picks for? I'll, I'll run through every team in the NBA. Let, let, let's see the stars that are feasibly available. The Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, nah, Bam Adebayo, nah, Miami's not trading with anyone. Boston, same thing. Milwaukee, same thing. They're trying to win. Philly, they're trying to win. Toronto, who are you Who are you getting from Toronto for four or five first-round picks? You want to throw that out there for Pascal Siakam? Maybe. Maybe the Raptors do it. Okay, where does that get you as the Knicks? The Bulls, uh-uh, no one. The Nets, uh, you want to go try and get Kyrie Irving? That's, that's going to be nuts. Atlanta, nope. Cleveland, nope. Charlotte, for LaMelo Ball, no way. Washington, you want to turn that into Bradley Beal? Again, okay. I don't know where that really gets you as a franchise. You're kind of a fun team. Maybe maybe there's a second star there. Um, 
Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, nothing. Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas. Don't really see it. Utah, Donovan Mitchell's the name. Obviously, that people are going to keep throwing out. Is, is is Utah really intrigued by an offer of Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, by first-round picks? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if that's worth it for either team, but maybe. Um, I could keep going, but I don't I don't really see another team on this list with a particularly interesting name. DeJounte Murray? You want to throw four of those picks out there for DeJounte Murray? A couple pick swaps in there? Fine. It's not changing your life if you're the Knicks. I'll tell you that much. It's not it's not really changing your life. Um, all this tells me, especially the Kemba aspect, the fact that they they because obviously that was why when I when I keep saying why didn't they just make the pick at 13? It was so they could get off Kemba Walker versus just stretching him. And that means the Knicks are trying to for every dollar possible to make an offer for Jalen Brunson. And that leads me to two thoughts. You better get Jalen Brunson. And if you're gonna pay Jalen Brunson, who a lot of the reporting says he wants to go back in Dallas, go back to Dallas. Uh, such a crazy number that you end up with him. Is it worth it for Jalen Brunson? I don't know. It depends on what your follow-up moves are if you're the New York Knicks. And, and maybe the play here is they know they're getting Brunson and they think they can take all those picks and turn them into, here's a name I didn't throw out, maybe DeAndre Ayton or maybe DeJounte Murray, which wouldn't really make any sense if you're going to go get Brunson. So who's to say? I don't know. I don't know what the Knicks plan here is. I think you can only give it an incomplete um, until these picks convey down the road, which could be as long as four or five years away from now, which is frustrating. And part of the fun of following a team, right, is is, is when they suck, they get a good pick, and you have someone as a fan to be really, really excited about. The Knicks didn't give that to their fans this year, and maybe, maybe it was a smart play, but right now it doesn't look like it. Right now it just looks like kind of crummy process that leaves you with sort of a blah taste in your mouth. And – Look, last year, I, I remember, I, I tweeted about this day. I remember being on this podcast and freaking out the Knicks didn't get Sharif Cooper. Maybe we fast forward a year from now and I'm looking at Jalen Duran and AJ Griffin and Malachi Branham and uh, Usman Jang and, and all these other guys that they passed up on and saying, you know, there wasn't really one dude in there who who really impressed me. And 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 maybe this is all fine. Um, conversely, maybe, maybe one of those guys looks like a surefire all-star in the Knicks. Uh, have their next uh, Steph Curry or Jamal Murray to lament for the next decade. Only time will tell. All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take one more break, but when we come back, uh, I wanted to give you guys some quick thoughts on Trevor Keels at Duke. Um, but before we do that, uh, if you want to bet on Trevor Keels NBA success, or you want to bet on anything in the whole wide world of sports, there's only one place to go. It's BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments. League reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys, we are back. Third and final segment here. Um, just some, again, it's about one in the morning now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this very, very brief, but some quick thoughts on Trevor Keels, a, a five-star recruit a season ago out of Paul VI, uh, one of the best uh, high school basketball programs in the country in the DMV area, specifically the V. 
Um, I actually broadcast one of Trevor Keel's games uh, when he was a, let's say, sophomore, and he absolutely went off against Mike Bibby's high school team. So that's that, that is my history uh, with Trevor Keel's. Um, he had a solid season his first year at Duke. He did not shoot the ball the way he did in high school, which was sort of the main pitch of him coming out of uh, high school. That he, he was like a thick six foot four, six foot five guard who could really, really shoot at Duke. That didn't totally translate. He shot just thirty one percent from three, just sixty seven percent from the foul line. Did shoot fifty two percent on twos. Um, averaged eleven and a half points per game, three and a half rebounds, two point seven assists, one point two steals. He, his, his profile offensively is that he is a very, very physical driver, strong, broad-shouldered, just burrows his way into guys, not an exceptionally creative finisher, um, not horrible defensively, but not spectacular easier. One part of his game watching a little tape on him tonight that flashed to me was his passing ability. I just think he's, he's a very cagey and sharp passer, like really good at hitting guys on back doors, has, has pretty decent eye manipulation, uh, certainly never going to be a point guard in the NBA, but someone playing off the ball that, that you, you like to see that kind of creativity. And I mean, I was talking about this podcast, how it's additive when you keep piling up guys like that. And for the Knicks, it's another guy who, who has that high IQ, has that passing ability. I could see him being an NBA player. I could see him having a long-term career. I don't really see a ceiling there that's particularly high or interesting, but the 42nd pick, you, you certainly could have done far worse if you were the New York Knicks. To me, he, he was a top guy on the board when they were up. And I was I was very happy to see them end up with Trevor Keels. So with that, we'll wrap up this edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. And again, uh, we will be back in a couple of hours uh, with my guy Alex Wolf. Maybe, maybe popping in from from a beach. Uh, who, who's to say uh, where Alex will call in from? But that'll it'll certainly be fun to get his thoughts um, and bounce back and forth on, on some ideas coming out of this draft and, and what these picks might ultimately be used for. But for now, a disappointing night for the New York Knicks. We're all used to it. Uh, hopefully, like these past two years, it looks better in retrospect than it does on draft night. But until next time, uh, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in uh, with us this draft cycle. I, I I put it out on Twitter, but it means a ton. Big shout out to all the people who came on and helped us uh, with their continued with, with, with their time and their expertise. Uh, really made a difference, made the cycle a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's officially the off season. So uh, we're going to have so much more for you on Lockdown Knicks going forward. But until then, be good. Peace out.